Hello and welcome to this first podcast, episode number one. And it's a nice day out here in the Tennessee Valley right now. I am joined by Andy, KB9ZDS, who's a volunteer examiner for the Huntsville Ham Fest. Good uh, afternoon, Andy. How are you? I'm doing great today, Mike. And uh, can I actually find out how long have you been a licensed ham operator and when did you get licensed? March of one. And uh, can I ask you, what's your favorite thing about being a ham operator? What have you, what got you hooked into it? Well, actually, uh, this is going to be a bit, it may seem a bit funny, but my mom was an, is an average garage store. She actually phoned an FCC book, and she thought that I would be interested in it. And all I knew at the time was that it was an FCC Part 97 book, having no idea what Part 97 was. Um, and I read a little bit about it, very quickly realizing that it was the amateur radio guidelines from about 1986. And so I proceeded then to do my own research. I actually found the garden of study material for the current year. And after receiving a technician class, Gordon West for Christmas, proceeded to study and take my first exam. Now, in that study guide, it brought up the Amateur Radio Emergency Service, which I quickly uh, joined um, as soon as I got um, to the radio service itself. This is well before um, the events that we don't have, so we had no, well, we, we had the beginnings of what is now D-Star, all of that, but we didn't, we are... Uh, our analog digital networks, as I would call them, did not exist yet. They were just being stood up. Echolink, IRLP were first out. And, of course, now you've got a variety of analog modes uh, and digital modes that you can run. But what drew me in was the fact that amateur radio itself is a self-contained system. We don't need anyone telling us what to do. We basically build our own procedures. And we are governed by the FCC, but you know there's there's very few hard and fast guidelines. And I, I just enjoy the flexibility of it. Um, I am a member of Madison County Amateur Radio Emergency Services, uh, which means that I can respond to any um, communications emergency or as one. Spotter, I usually, because of disability, am a net controller for Madison County. And uh, that, that's just what I like about it, is the reliability and flexibility of the, uh, of the system. And let me ask you this. Uh, I understand that you're a volunteer examiner. Is that correct? Uh, yes, it is correct. And uh, what made you become a VE? Well, after I got into the hobby, I just wanted to be able to spread others. Now, of course, as a technician and a general class operator, you can't do that. Um, well, technically, a general can test a tech, but a, test, uh, but a technician cannot um, give a uh, give a test to another uh, tech. So the the uh, current system is for everyone to have an extra class license, which I achieved in 2004. And um, 
then if you have the extra class license and you're 18 years of age or older, you can legally give a handset to anyone you want. The kind of events for how to do that are spelled out in the the, the um, rules with that actually contained within FCC Part 97, which obviously I later learned like, is the um, federal ID for all the amateur regulations. And let me ask you this, just off of a tip here, uh, if you could give a message to somebody that is disabled and wants to get into the hobby, uh, what would you say to them? Well, I would say consider what your ability is because there are many, many different implementations. There are that you can use. There are some that require nothing more than a computer. Um, I have, I used to know a person who um, was blind but still got on a voice radio and actually gave the best um, direction. We call it a talk and when, when hands are trying to find the location where hands are supposed to meet, we, don't, we um, technically don't need cell phones, we just call each other on the radio if we're getting together for an event. So this friend that I remember, his name was Heath, he's since left, um, left my, my circle because the circle just took him out of, out of communications range. Um, but Heath, he, uh, fully blind, but he gave the best, uh, fest directions there were. He ran, um, the amateur radio guide station for a long, long time, fully blind. Um, so I would say that ability or lack thereof should not be considered a bad barrier to amateur radio. We are, because, because it's a federal test, we do have to accommodate all levels of ability per federal section 504 better known as the Americans with Disabilities Act. So go forward if you want into the hobby because we are required to provide accommodated testing and once you pass your exam, there is a huge community of different people out there that can guide you into whatever you want. For me, it was amateur emergency services. For others, it's... um, long-distance communications. For some, it's working with amateur satellites. Yes, you're right. You do have satellites up there. Um, there's just about, I don't know, a hundred different implementations you can take. So, um, level of ability is not a question. Yeah, and my final thing that I wanted to ask you is uh, if, uh, if you could, um, you know, basically give a final message to those um, with disabilities that want to get into ham radio, what would that final message be? Uh, well, just don't be scared of it. Um, as a person with civil policy myself, I had to talk to my VE team about accommodated testing, but I repeat, they are required to give it to you. Uh, just like they work for any high school or any college exam. Um, because if we don't, we are taking a federally supervised exam, breaking another federal law, very bad situation. So, what I would do 
you know, uh, uh, for me, it was as simple as arranging someone to, because I, I couldn't uh, fill in the, the bubble sheet. So what I had someone do is read me the questions, I verbally gave the answers, and they just filled in the, the sheet for me. Um, um, when my CP, I can read, so that I, I just had to read back the letter that I wanted the multiple choice test and um, that's it it's, it's up to three multiple choice tests depending on how far you want to go because we certainly have technician level general level and extra I won't go into detail about what each of those mean but each progressively gives you more and more privileges on the, on the radio uh, frequency spectrum with extra class being top dog um, but uh, I, but I emphasize, talk to your VE team if you want to get into radio uh, or talk to whatever organization you find that knows about radio who will eventually be able to guide you to the correct resources. For me, it was as simple as getting an accommodated test and just studying. Um, there are a lot of resources out there to do a test simulation before you take the real thing. So if you've got any type of anxiety, anxiety before hitting the real uh, thing, you can practice uh, on various websites. Take 50 of them if you want before you take the real one. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, Andy, taking this time to uh, do this interview and uh, be sure to look for it um, here in a little while um, and everything, and uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your uh, rest of your afternoon. Keep it, keep it running and uh, really good All right. Take care.